Well, even now, if you come next week, week four, I'm going to do that entire dance sequence on my own. So, I, um, I uh, so bet you got to come next week for the 5 a.m. service. And so, but if you are here, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I could. I could, um, if I had three people help me, I could maybe stand like that for a moment. But anyway. Um, if we haven't met, my name's Dean, and part of the team here at True North, and, and great to have you here this morning. We have been in this series called Body Moving, and we've been reflecting for the last few weeks about what it means to be the body of Christ, and uh, this reality that we are actually, uh, when we come to know uh, Christ, we are become part of his body, the incarnation, the way he is still present in this world, as he, uh, he kind of joins us together into a community of people uh, that represent him in this world. And so even if you're brand new here, even if uh, this morning, you go, you know, I don't even believe what you guys believe. There's an incredible invitation that we all have to be part of something kind of bigger and greater than ourselves. And, uh, and that's part of what it means to be the body of Christ. So we're going to be thinking about that today. We've been reflecting really the last couple weeks a lot about what does it mean and what do the scriptures tell us about the reality of what it means to be the body. And this week we're going to, in lots of ways, I guess, look even more about, you know, hey, how can each one of us today start to move in some concrete ways, uh, in some ways that are really, you know what, not just kind of theoretical or abstract, but really put some flesh and bones on what it means to, to be moving. And every one of us, no matter where we are, we can move, we can take some some kind of step. Uh, you know, I, I love, obviously, we've been thinking about what it means to be part of the body of Christ, but I love any group of people anywhere that strive together with common purpose. I love looking and seeing how different groups work together and, and learning from uh, different spaces and spheres. Uh, and sometimes when you see a group of people uh, that work together to achieve something, you can't help but be kind of moved by it. Uh, I want to show you a picture of one of the most successful uh, kind of uh, sporting clubs in the world, uh, it, it, which is, of course, and do we have some fans of the All Blacks? I'm sure there will be some, uh, some big fans scattered around this morning, but no matter your feeling, uh, they are one of the most kind of successful groups of individuals striving towards a common purpose together as a team in the world. Uh, we got another shot, just, you know, whenever you see this jersey, it represents a great deal. It represents a great deal to the team, to the people of New Zealand. Around the world, it becomes associated with almost kind of sustained greatness uh, at, what, uh, at what they do in their, obviously, sphere of, of rugby. Um, now, the thing, uh, a few weeks back at our AGM, uh, our chairman of our elders, Brian Smythe, was reading a little bit from, there's a book about the All Blacks called Legacy, and in it, it talks about what uh, some of the things that make this team, this group of people, so successful over time. Side note, I... I, I did a quick Google search. I thought, you know, they're one of the greatest sporting teams in the world. I just quickly typed into Google, uh, worst sports club in the world, and the Wallabies came up. And so that was, I, honestly, and that's not a joke. That's just really, I guess it's not going so well. I think there was an article talking actually about how it's one of their, they're in their, one of their worst stretches in history. But I just thought, gee, that's ironic. And, um, but uh, I, I want to, one of the really fascinating things, so in this book, they, they share about this um, one particular day. This was in 2010. Uh, I, I think it's um, at the time, their, their captain in 2010. I think it's, uh, is it Richie McCaw? That's it. That's it. That's good. There's the fans. Um, 
had just had, uh, I think it was his 91st test, he had just become officially the most successful captain in their history. And they talk about the scene after this particular game. There's first kind of the, the media and the press and, and all of these people have come and, and come around. There's uh, going through a, a quick patches of a press conference and then it's like they clear everybody out and the team gets together back in what they call the shed and they kind of have their moment together and I just want you to listen in on a little bit of that conversation and it said this one of the captains congratulated uh, one of the co-captains congratulated McCall on becoming the most successful captain in all blacks history and then he tells the team there's work to be done a lot of work to be done they have a quick kind of to skip uh, it's, a, it's a toast to the captain, and then they say, well done, let's go. So they've been through all the celebrations. They've just had a big victory, uh, and now this is, it says, this is when something happens that you might not expect. Two of the senior players, one an international player of the year, twice, they each pick up a long-handled broom, and they begin to sweep the sheds. They brush the mud and the gauze into small piles in the corner. And while the country is still watching replays and school kids lie in bed dreaming of all blacks' glory, the all blacks are tidying up after themselves, sweeping the sheds, doing it properly so no one else has to. Because no one looks after the all blacks. The all blacks look after themselves. And I love, here's how uh, Andrew Merton's former, uh, one of the second highest all-black scorer of all time, when he talks about this reality, I mean, think about this for a moment. Here are these guys, their TV, glory, all the fame. They've gone through press conference, all these things. But what they do at the end of it is they clean up. You think about how many sports clubs around the world, someone would say, I'm, I don't need to grab that broom. Someone else can do that. <laughs> I did my thing. I was out on the field. Did you see, I mean, these guys take a punishing you know, if it was me, I'd barely be able, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to stand after a game. And yet they go, they grab the brooms and they start to clean. And one of their, uh, their second leading all-time scorer, when he talks about this practice, this part of what it means to be one of the All Blacks, he says, it's not expecting somebody else to do your job for you. It teaches you not to expect things to be handed to you. He says, if you have personal discipline in your life, you're going to get more disciplined on the field. If you're wanting guys to pull together as a team, you've got to have that. And I love this line because you don't want a group of individuals. And there's a big difference between a group of individuals and a team. And I just, I just wanted to kind of, you know, when you think about, and go back to the, the jersey for a moment, or, or when you even see it there, and, and all that this represents, and one of the things that's so key about them is they go, here's what it means to be part of us, is every person does their part, and nobody's ever above anything else. And I love this picture because in so many ways, when we have been talking about what it means to be the body, what it means to be the body of Christ, it's more than just being a collection of individuals, it's more than we're all just here as individuals who have our own lives and things who once in a while get together. Being a part of the body of Christ is to be intricately connected and in very much is always about saying, you know what, what does it look like always for all of us to do our part? So we've been looking through Ephesians 4. We've been looking at how uh, we see this incredible picture that, that the church is called to be the body of Christ, incarnate, flesh and blood in this world. 
And I want us to now, we're going to look today at Ephesians chapter 5. And after, you know, the writer Paul has kind of established all these things about what the church is, he gives this great summary statements uh, about now how we walk, how we move. And I love the way he puts it in Ephesians 5. Look at this, Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2. He says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. Let me hear you say, walk in the way of love. Walk in the way of love. It's just a beautiful phrase, isn't it? That's supposed to picture and capture what it looks like to move. When we think about moving, we think about the breakdancer and what would it be like the body of Christ all moving together. Do you know how we move? We walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now, I want us just to reflect on these verses for a few moments this morning. You know, we are called, this is what it looks like to move as the body. It is the call to walk in the way of love. And the way of love is what should define us. It is the way, uh, this is what our movement should look like. When we move when we move together, when we move in a coordinated way, that's why we, we use the break dance. You know, it's amazing to do break dancing, to move like this requires the whole body moving together in a concerted, coordinated effort. And when we move as the body of Christ, the way that movement is to look is it's all about how do we walk in the way of love. You know, the way of love here. Uh, and, and love, we've got to get specific on it because love means all kinds of things. If you're familiar with Greek, if you've been around the scriptures for all, you know this. There's different words for love. And the word here is agape. And agape is, uh, is a word that actually is the property. It's the, the, the birthright. It's actually a word that comes out of faith. You could kind of put it like this. Agape was established in 33 A.D., so to loosely at Jesus' death and resurrection. Do you know it's not, it's not a Greek word that was used outside. It originally becomes to be used by followers of Jesus immediately after his death and resurrection. There was a Greek words around it, agapeo, and different versions of it. But agape was a word that starts to get used by John, the disciple of Christ. By Paul, who wrote so much of the New Testament. It comes into the vernacular through other writers of the New Testament. Agape is, is what love looks like. In the body of Christ. And it is modeled on, as you see here, he says, follow the example of Christ. We follow, the way we learn what agape is, the way we learn what love is, is we look at Jesus. And so, uh, an agape at its heart is about sacrifice of yourself for the good of another. Agape, love in our world, we know often love is, you know, you make me, you know, feel a certain way. You know, you make me happy, you know, so it's like, oh, I want to marry you. I love you. You make me so happy, which is another way of just saying this is all about me. <laughs> you know, like, I'm so glad you make me happy, you know, but agape is the total opposite. Love in the body of Christ is never what do I get. Love in the body of Christ is always what do I give. Look at our verses again. I, I want you to see this in 5, 1 and 2. He talks about this reality. Here's how you're going to walk. Here's how you're going to move. Follow Christ's example. Look at Jesus. Watch how he lived, died, and rose. Look at him and let him be your example, your model. It's speaking here of imitating him as followers of Christ and in the body of Christ. We should try to imitate Christ and his sacrifice. 
Jesus, God loved, he gave. It talks about here, he was a sacrifice, an offering. And so our lives should always take on this type of character, this kind of shaping that we in the body of Christ learn to love one another as we sacrifice and offer ourselves and our lives to one another just as Christ loved us. So how do we do this? I want to take us back to it just for a moment. I want you to realize this. Come back to verses 5. One and two again. I want you to see, if, if we're going to be a people who love, who, who agape one another, if this defines us, just notice this. It starts with this. We need to recognize that we are dearly loved children. Always know this. We cannot begin to sacrifice for others or try to muster up the strength or effort. It is something we do naturally when we know we are dearly loved children. When we recognize and understand this is who we are. The words here are, is technon agapetos in Greek, and it's just this really uh, kind of deeply affectionate word of like, wow, you are just a love child. Do you know this? You know, God, his, he is so for you. He looks at you just like his dearly beloved child. And until we know this is who we are, until we know that's my true identity, I am a loved child of God, there's no other platform. There's no other foundation from which we should try to live out a life of agape. But once we've got this, now the natural expression of living out your identity as a beloved child of God will be to love and serve others. Following Christ's example, imitating him, knowing this is what we do. Now the the, the second part, let's go back to verse 5, 1 and 2 again. He says, so and now do this because Christ loved us. He gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. When you begin to realize this, you begin to realize that what should always define us, Christ gave himself. We walk in the way of love as dearly loved children, following his example. The one thing that should always define us as a body, how we move, is Agape. If there was a black shirt that we put on, it should read agape right across it. In fact, here is one. <laughs> In fact, and, and this is, I just, but imagine this. Just like the all blacks put on that jersey and it represents so much. Do you realize in the body of Christ, it should be like that for us. This is what we are dressed in. It, it's to be part of the body of Christ is to say, I live and I move and I walk in the way of agape. You know, the, the thing that we're going to do today in terms of body moving is we are going to think about in really concrete ways. How do we do this for one another? Because it should never stay just a theoretical or nice idea somewhere. This is something we do concretely. On your chairs, you'll see there's a card, and, and we're going to look at those more in a moment. But it talks about this idea. If you're part of the body here at True North, and whether you've been here a short time or a long time, or even just today, going, you know what, I want to be a part of what's happening here. All of us moving is about going, no matter where we are, there is a step we can take. Maybe it's stepping out to serve someone else for the first time. Maybe it's about going, you know what, I've served in certain ways for a while, but maybe got uncomfortable there. I want to take a step towards something, uh, you know, another step forward. Maybe it's going to be investing into someone else, into a person's life. You know, maybe it's about kind of stepping up. I've served in a certain way, but I, I'm going to be willing to take a step up in responsibility. There's all these ways, no matter 
who we are, where we are, from never having served before to done it for a long time, where all of us, if we're going to be a body that's moving, that's walking in the way of love, not just looking at the way of love, or even sitting in the way of love, but moving in the way of love, then we've got to always be taking steps. And so we're going to invite you, and Pastor Phil's going to lead us through that this morning. And what, what might be a step that you could take today? Because one of the ways we bring a sacrifice and an offering and we actually lay our lives down for one another is we get inconvenience for one another and we serve others. And we put their, uh, them above ourselves and say, that's what love looks like. It's, it's gritty. It's got, it's got flesh on it. We, we, are, we are active in it. You know, the other thing we're going to do as well this morning is take up, we've been talking about this last couple weeks, a, a special offering we call our, our body moving offering this year. And that's about realizing this kind of reality that, you know, everything we do in terms of uh, as, as the body of Christ, everything that we do is because of the generosity of God's people. And, and people, uh, you know, I'm so grateful we have such a generous body of people here because it's what allows us to do everything we do to move because people in love for Christ and love for his people they give they bring a sacrifice an offering week after week month after month year after year and this is an offering that's a special offering to just say that probably in two ways we can all move I, I there may be some of you here who have never given an offering to God through his church before and if you've never done that before, or maybe sometimes when there's like a cause we do that you really love it, you go, I could be a part of that. One of the things that I believe God wanted to speak into our church is he wants, I believe, and I believe what Ephesians 4 speaks of, is that we should have a tremendous value for the body of Christ and a love for the bride of Christ. And so if you've never given for this, you don't have to, you know, start to be one of those people just yet. That may be beyond you. But, you know, one thing you do is go, I'm going to, for the first time, sacrifice some of my finances, bring it as an offering to God to say, God, I, I want to honor you in this. And I want to give into what you're doing through the, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ in this world. For others, you may be like me, my wife and I, we value and honor and believe that it is an expression of our faith and obedience to Christ that we set up every year at the beginning of the year, we look at our finances and talk about what we're going to give and and we set up electronically to go automatically. And, and we determined a long time ago what we wanted to do with that and, and try to grow and to increase that over years to not stay still. But sometimes as well, it's easy when that's just kind of always happening to just still stay still. And the reason we do special offerings like this and why I'm excited to give into it myself and our family is because it gives a chance to go, you know what, I'm not just staying still with what I do. I'm going, no, Lord, I believe in the body of Christ. I believe your church is the hope of the world. I believe you've called us to be the incarnation of Christ in this world. And I want to give into that and sacrifice and love agape into that. And that's what this can be about. But both these things, as we give, as we serve both these things, just know this. It, it doesn't matter where you are in the journey. It doesn't matter where you are currently. What matters is that we all continue to move, to just take some steps. 
And so we're going to look at what agape, what this love looks like across our body and, and why we serve and why, you know, I can say with great joy, I invite you to be part of something great today and think about the different ways you can. And, let, and to go today, let's not just think about body moving, let's move together as a body. And so Pastor Phil's going to come up, he's going to talk through some more of the ways this plays out right here. And how you, if you're here today going, I want to take some steps in that, uh, he's going to give you some great concrete ways you can be part of that. So why don't we give him a hand? Let's thank your campus pastor, Phil, for all he does as he comes up this morning. Thanks, Dean. That was a warm and awesome welcome. I appreciate it. Can we swap iPads? There we go. Brilliant. Well, what, a, what an inspiring message to what it means to be the church, to be the body moving in action and taking it all the way back to Scripture and what we see in, Fiji, in Ephesians to be walking in the way of love. Now, what I want to do over the next 15 minutes or so is just draw your attention to some of the spaces where, as Dean said, in really concrete ways, we can, we can think about what does it mean to take a step so I can be a part of the body of Christ walking in the way of love and bringing an embodiment of of God's love into some of the different contexts here at True North Church. Now, with the body moving card that, that Dean introduced, you'll have those on your seats. You'll see a couple of different ways and a couple of different steps that you can, can, can consider. And the first one I want to lead us through is this idea of what it means to step out. That if, that if you're here this morning and you've never considered or never made that step to say, what's my part to bring here at True North as an expression of the body of Jesus? And, and I want to invite you to consider that. And a couple of things I just want to touch on as I think uh, about our church and what it means to walk in the way of love. One of the things that I love about our church is our Sunday gatherings. I love it. It's really, it's honestly is the highlight of my week for me. And that doesn't just mean Sunday services, but it means creating the space where the body can gather together and people for the very first time can experience the body and the love of God through the body. And so Sunday teams for me, when I think about uh, our hospitality teams, our welcome teams, service teams, cafe teams, all the teams that make our Sundays happen are an expression of the church walking in the way of love. Because sure, there's a function attached to all of those things and practical things that need to get done. But really, the whole reason that we gather is to point people towards Jesus and to point people towards the reality that there is a God that loves them so passionately and that everything we do in the context of team on a Sunday morning is about simply revealing the incredible, amazing love that Jesus has for people. So I want to encourage you, if that, that first step, Sunday teams are are a great place to think about what that means. You say, hey, you know what? I, I'm not currently uh, serving in any way and it's a space that I want to take a step in. That's an awesome thing to think about. You know, something else really fun that we do in this kind of, you can think about in this step out kind of space. You're unique to our Mullaloo campus here at True North. We have a, a clothing store called Threads that runs during the week. And uh, and part, again, there's a, there's, a, there's a function there. There's a context. It's a clothing shop. People can come in, get clothes clothes, pick out a nice summer frock, whatever they're in the market for. But here's the heart and the vision behind it, that that clothing store is actually a bridge between the local community and our church community, and far more importantly, the love and grace of Jesus. You know, I love that space out there because it creates a space where people can come into a context where they can experience the love of God in tangible and meaningful ways. And so perhaps for you, that could be something that lights 
that's up for you and say, hey, that's a way that I could bring, uh, I could bring that step to say, I want to walk in the way of love. Here's an expression for me. I'd love to hang out with some people in the local community, have a cup of, cup of coffee with them as they're picking out their uh, shoes or whatever else you, you buy there. <laughs> so that, that could be another cool thought. Uh, another thing, another space is, is just generally, hey, I, I've got energy to bring in the area of, say, administration. One of the things that, that we love to, to do is to be able to connect with people through the week. And, and something that you might think is like, yeah, I'd love to be involved in that. Maybe I could come and, and volunteer in reception and answer phones or whatever it might be. Just say, I want to start somewhere so I can begin to take a step in what it means to be an embodiment of God's love in the context of the church. So there could be some spaces there to, to step out and begin that kind of journey. Now, now we're going to take another step here. We're going to start to think about, okay, what does it mean to intentionally invest in the life of another person. And we do this in a whole bunch of ways in our church. And I felt this morning just to, to focus on a couple of things that we do. And, uh, and the first one I want to bring our attention to, and lots of you would know this if you're newer here at True North, you might not have heard about this yet. But, but our church actually has a school how cool is that? So Monday to Friday, we have a school called Alter One that, that meets just over in the small auditorium. And, and I want to share a little bit of the vision and the heart and why we as a church have chosen to partner with Alter One. And I'm uh, really privileged this morning to have a bunch of our staff from Alter One here this morning. We've got Eloise and Yolanda and Jess and Simon and Mark. Uh, and it's so great to have all you guys here. And I, I'd love to just for a moment to invite Jess and Simon in particular, if you guys would come and join me. And they're, they're going to share a little bit about uh, Alter One, why, why we do it, what the heart behind it is, the vision behind it, and how we as a church partnering with Alter One can actually walk in this way uh, of love in our connection with Alter One. So, uh, so to get things started, Simon, would you just give us an overview? Tell us, tell us what is Alter One, what, what makes it different from other schools, and uh, yeah, just give us that introduction. We wanted to be body moving in sync this morning, so we went with the double denim, if that's all right. So just break that ice there. But no, Alter One. Alter One is a care school environment, um, and what that stands for is it's curriculum and re-engagement. It's about young people who weren't able to engage in, in mainstream for whatever reason, and they've come to us to find a place where they belong. And that's the key. Um, and for us, it's about investing in young people and seeing them move towards success, but actually being able to do that by challenging them to change. And we all know that change is really difficult. And as a young person who's finding their identity and belonging and values and morals in this world, we've got the privilege to come alongside them and invest into them and, and actually push them towards success and that there is hope and there is a future in this world. So that's the overview. That's awesome. Thank you, Simon. And uh, I, I may not have introduced him properly. So Simon is our, our teacher. So he's basically leading the team here uh, at our campus at Malu. And Jess is our chaplain, um, which is awesome. And she does an incredible job. Um, and so, so, oh, you've got some support here. That's, that, that only seems fitting. So, so Jess, in your mind as a, as a chaplain, how is Alter One impacting and making a difference in the lives of young people? Sorry, uh, it's such a loaded question. When Simon brought that to me, I was like, where do I begin? Um, I think as I reflected on that question, one of the biggest things I've recognised is 
we sing and we look at words and lyrics all the time about the hope we have in Christ and, you know, he is our hope, we have a purpose. And I think that's the biggest difference. These kids don't have a hope. Um, they don't have a reason to live for. Um, they don't have future for themselves. So I think that's the biggest thing. Um, but I also think it impacts their families in such a great way. We get phone calls from parents that are like, help me, I'm desperate, I don't know what to do. Um, and I think there's such a brokenness in the community that sometimes we're blinded to. You know, we might not come face to face with that brokenness. So I think for us, we, we see that on a daily basis. Um, but yeah, that's definitely the impact that we see on a daily basis. That's great. Thanks, Jess, for, for sharing and speaking into that. And I guess uh, our heart as a church as we partner with Alter One is to, to really think about how, how can we actually be a part of the vision to see lives transformed, young people's lives. We bring that hope uh, to, to kids in your, in your classroom. How, how can we as a church partner with you and, and think about what does it mean to, for this to be a context to, to take a step walking in that way of love? Awesome. For me... When I stepped into the space of Alter One, um, I read a, a line in a book that I'll never forget. And it was, if you want to live, love and lead like Jesus, then you've got to live life in the faith lane. And for me, when I step into that classroom, oh my gosh, I feel so overwhelmed. So just really just overtaken by the situations that I come face to face with on a daily basis. And to be honest, I don't always have the answer. Um, but to be able to come alongside a young person and put, them, put your arm around them and, and simply offer a listening ear it is something that I believe we can all do. Um, you know, if we're founded in Christ and we, we believe he is the, the hope and, and, and actually life, then I believe that we can do that. And so volunteering in our classroom is one, one way that you can actually do that, stepping in and just being a listening ear, as simple as that is. These kids um, are big teddy bears, um, to be completely honest, some obviously bigger than others, but they, they are just teddy bears, and they are looking for a place to belong in this world. And, and that's why I love that True North, this church here, the, this local church has opened their doors and said, let's come on in. Up to 40 young people, um, Monday through to Friday, are, are walking through this space. And what you said there, Phil, about being a bridge, that, that's why I do what I do. Um, it's not actually to educate kids. It's to actually see them bridged into community and church and actually have Jesus as the answer so that they do have that hope. So volunteering is one. Um, but also, too, you may not be able to physically do that. And so for me, opening up your workplace. These kids are not work ready. Um, and we know that there's practical things that we need to be able to, to offer and you know, simple things like rocking up on time and following instructions and different things like that. So if you are in a workplace where you believe that you could open your doors for an hour, two hours a day, two days a week, then uh, we would love to hear from you um, because these kids, again, um, they might, may not have that mentor or, or guidance uh, um, or parental figure in their world. Um, and to have someone who's founded in Christ um, be able to open up their, their workplace and actually say, this is, this is for you, um, that's the beauty. Um, but also, too, you, you can pray for us. Um, please pray uh, because we rely on Christ to, to do what we do. Um, and, and for me, the beauty and, and the changing point for me is when Walking in love doesn't become a theory or an idea. It actually becomes a face. 
And for me, when I hear about walking in love, I love the idea that I, I can intentionally pray and specifically pray for a broken young person because I, I get to do life with them. Um, and, and I love that idea just out of Ephesians. So um, I want to thank you too. Um, we do need assistance and we do need help, but we love that even just last year, John and the youth team took a whole load um, to um, your camp that you guys had, um, 10, 12 were able to go and that was because of the generosity of, of people actually being able to give from this local community. So I want to say thank you, um, but also too, I'd love to say, I'd love to hear from you and, and how we can partner and move forward and, and journey together. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Simon and Jess. Um, and two, two awesome ways you can do that if you're wanting to engage with Alter One and bring energy to that, whether it's taking a student into your workplace, partnering in prayer, or getting involved as a classroom volunteer, which is an awesome experience as well. They've actually got a table out in the foyer. You can go hang out with them, have a chat with Mark as well, who's, uh, who's really all about partnering with local churches and has got some great insights as to how we can do that more. Um, or you can also fill that out on your, your body moving card as well. Uh, but Alter One, awesome thing. I absolutely love the school and so happy that we get to host them here at Malalu. You know, as a, as a, as a just kind of continue providing some of these spaces, one of the things that, that I really feel God leading our church to, in particular our Malalu campus here, is to begin in a whole fresh way to focus our, and t- focus our attention on the next generation of faith. As I pray into where we're at and I pray into where God's leading us, I just keep coming back to this idea that it's time to, to look to the next generation. You know, as we went through our generation series through, through some of Dean's messages, he brought and reminded some realities about people's journey of faith. And you may have been here to hear the statistic that 85% of people actually make their decision to follow Jesus before the age of 18. You guys remember that? that that's big. Before the age of 18, 85% of people make their decision to follow Jesus. Now, that's very shaping, I believe, for the church and where our focus should be placed. But there's another statistic that I need to bring alongside that as well. And as a children's pastor and youth pastor now 10 years ago, I can see this next statistic in real time and it breaks my heart. That 70% of those that placed their faith in Jesus before the age of 18 never developed lifelong faith in Jesus. So 85% put their faith in Jesus before 18. 70% of those never develop a lifelong transformational relationship with Jesus. To me, that's heartbreaking. And I can think back of my time in ministries in those younger generations, and I can see the faces of kids that I know Jesus isn't transforming their life like he might be right now. You know what the biggest difference is between a young person that transitions into a lifelong faith and one that doesn't. It's not how cool the church is. It's not how great the preaching is. It's not how amazing the program is. It's this one simple reality that church analysts have locked down on, is that does that young person have an older person of faith relationally present in their lives? That's the one thing. If that young person who's placed their faith in Jesus has an older person of faith that is invested in their life, that believes in them, 
that speaks the truth of Jesus, the hope of the gospel, that mentors them, that encourages them. That's the difference. And my guess is this morning that for each one of us as adults here that have a faith in Christ, we could reflect on that and come up with a couple of names that have made that the reality in our own life, right? You know, when I think of that, I begin to reflect on Compass Kids and our youth ministry, True North Youth. And I look at that space and I want to make sure that we never think about our Compass Kids, our children's ministry, as a babysitting service so we can come and sit in church without our children. That we don't even think of it as an awesome children's program that we get to run as a church, which it is. You know how we have to start thinking about it? As the hope for the future of the church. It is the hope for what Christ is doing in our communities in 20 years' time, 10 years' time, 30 years' time. What we do in that space is going to determine what the church is doing in our communities in 20 years. It is crucial. You know, at the moment, we've got the capacity to run, like I said, an awesome children's program. I'm so blessed that that my sons in there, they come home, well, the older one especially, talking about Jesus, the younger ones too. He doesn't have spiritual problems, he's just two. (laughs) But they'll come home, they'll be talking about Jesus, talking about the stories, singing weird little songs. And I love that. But even if he grows up in our children's ministry, learning all those songs, learning all the stories, the thing that's going to make sure, I believe, that he grows up with a lasting faith in Christ, if there are people intentionally investing in him. So right now in Compass, in our youth ministry as well, we've got what it takes to run really awesome programs, really cool activities, really great spaces But I don't think that we have enough to make sure that every young person has someone that is intentionally investing in them. And this is what Compass is all about, is this idea of leading small. That each one of our young people would be able to identify one, two, three older people of faith that believe in them. And I honestly believe that if we can get that right... We'll have young people that will grow up and change the world for Jesus. So I want to encourage as we think about stepping in, investing in the life of another. We've talked about Alta One. We've got our compass kids, our young people, True North Youth as well. We think about all the people that will make decisions for faith before they turn 18. Here's what we're going to do this morning. As, as Dean said and has been the focus of this, uh, of this series... It's about the body moving, taking steps to walk in the way of love. I'm going to invite the the band to come and join us. And I want to create a moment just for a minute or two to reflect and to ask yourself the question, okay, Lord, what's my next step when it comes to being a part of your body in motion? Is it to step out and just get involved somewhere? Is it to step in and find a context to intentionally invest in the life of another person, a younger person? Or could it be to step up and take new responsibility in a a role of leadership? You know, the church, it needs leaders. And if that's something that's capturing your heart this morning, 
let us know and I will catch up with you personally to continue that conversation. But each one of us today has the opportunity to take a step. And in a few moments after we have a, a moment to reflect and prayerfully consider, we're all going to move. <laughs> we're going to get up from our seats. And you see up the front here, two little boxes on these tables. And you're going to have the opportunity to do, do one of uh, two things or both things if you, if you feel led, is to, to come and bring that body moving card and say, here's, here's my next step. And just to come up during the time of worship we're going to have and, and put it in the box. Or, or if you want to bring that, that special offering, this is just going to be our offering for today. We won't be collecting another offering, but to bring that special offering and to say, here's, here's what I want to bring to be a demonstration of God's love. And if you're using an offering envelope, you can just write on that body moving. Uh, and if you're someone that, that gives electronically like me, if on a transfer, you can just write body moving. And I think we've got, we've got some giving things through the app as well. Yeah, there you go body moving offering option and uh, and as well if you want to pray into this uh, over this week we'll be creating a space like this next week as well um, but we're gonna we're gonna have this moment and really this is about a, a, about a spiritual idea and a belief that God calls us to be his body in motion so I want you to take a moment to just prayerfully think this through you can take that card out if you haven't already and say okay what's my next step is there a step that I need to make and that's a conversation between you and God. Say, God, what's my next step? What do I have to bring? Where am I investing in others? Just to reflect on that, and if you, you want to think about a, an offering as well, you think, God, what, what might you be inviting me to give in this space as well? So we're going to take just a minute. I'm going to pray for us. And then I just want to invite you to, to take a moment to reflect. And then we're, we're going to come and bring those cards and gifts. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are the head of your church. And God, that, that your church is defined by love. Not by what we can get, but Jesus, what we can give based on your example, Lord. God, I pray in these next few moments, you'd be speaking to each one of us. Jesus, be present with us as we pray, as we reflect, as we consider that next step for us. Let's take a few moments, church. Church.